you've ever wondered why achieving success isn't always straightforward, you're in the right place. Our ways of achieving success are as unique as our brains and what works for someone else might not work for you. So how do we tap into the right ones for us and avoid trying to pursue success on someone else's terms? You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. I specialize in facilitating personal development using applied neuroscience. I'm going to be talking to and introducing you to some interesting individuals, their careers, their challenges, and the changes that they've made along the way. If you want actionable tips, inspiring journeys, and amazing insights to help you unlock your full potential, then stay with us for this episode. My guest today is someone that I've been keen to bring to the show for quite some time. I know from many of you that there are quite a lot of people out there who would like to introduce more speaking opportunities to their business strategy. Now, I've had a number of fantastic speaking coaches on the show before, but today's guest is actually the decision maker when it comes to putting people in front of a global audience. Beth Schofield is the head of speaker selection for an organization with a global membership, and she tells us where she looks to find people to take to that stage and how you can stand out to decision makers like her. Now, hello, Beth, again, and it is lovely to have you here. And I have so many questions, um, as you know, so many questions about what it is that you do, who you do it for, and how other people can learn from this amazing job that you do. So first of all, um, you are the head of speaker selection and coordination for coaching.com and WBEX. That, um, that, that's quite a, quite a role and quite a responsibility. First of all, can I ask what your career path was to get to that? Well, it's quite a random one, DJ, I have to admit. Um, so I very randomly fell into that role and thank goodness that I did. Um, I was on a path to becoming an educational psychologist. So I studied educational psychology. Um, no, I didn't. I, I did a degree in psychology. Um, and then, yeah, I wanted to go down the path of becoming an educational psychologist, for which I had to get two mm -hmm. years uh, paid experience working with children. So after my degree, I was a teaching assistant for two years. Um, and then I was on the path to um, applying for a, a doctorate in educational psychologist, which would be the, you know, the qualification that I needed. Um, however, I wasn't ready in my in my heart. I just didn't feel like I was ready to kind of take that that step at that time. I wanted to travel and, you know, just have a few more experiences first because I knew as soon as I, you know, was on that doctorate that would have kind of been it. It would have been hard to come off, off the path after that. Um, and so I went traveling. I went to um, Central America. And when I was in Costa Rica, I have a good friend called Sophia, who was also in Costa Rica at the time with her husband, Ben Croft, who was and is the, you know, the original founder of WBEX. So I met up with them. Um, they were also with the team, the WBEX team, who was tiny at the time. Um, and they were basically on a, you know, a work retreat. This remote team had, I think a few of them had met before, 
but it was primarily to kind of bring the team together and I just gate crashed their their trip basically just with the <laughs> just with the intention of you know staying a couple of days and, and meeting everyone and after yeah after spending a bit of time with them uh, Ben basically offered me a job and it was a very yeah whirlwind experience I you know I had never kind of been introduced to that world of remote working before. I didn't know what an online summit was. I didn't even really have a good, you know, a good knowledge of what coaching was or especially a kind of business and executive coach. So um, of course yeah. I said yes. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have to kind of think too too hard about it because I just thought, wow, how often does this kind of opportunity come along? And so, yeah, so a, a trip which was supposed to last about four months ended up lasting about eight or nine months, I think. Um, of course, you can imagine my mum on that phone call when I told her, you know, I was staying longer and this man had given me a job and she, <laughs> obviously she had many questions about that and I wasn't coming home. And, um, but of course, you know, it's it worked out absolutely perfectly. And um, yeah, so that that trip ended up, you know, really changing the trajectory of of my life forever. And um, it was, as I say, it was a, a whirlwind, a, a whole new world of work, yeah. a whole new industry that, mm. um, yeah, I hadn't really kind of known about at all before. <laughs> yeah. And how long ago was that, Beth? So that was in um, March 2016, so almost seven years ago now. And when I started, wow. I was, um, you know, just kind of helping out with administration tasks and just mm -hmm. kind of taking it all in. And mm -hmm. I naturally kind of fell into helping with speakers. And at the time, WBEX was tiny, so the, the team was only about eight or 10 people maximum and the only two programs we had were um the summit and coach uh conversational intelligence so those were what we were creating at the time and i kind of joined the the summit team almost and and helping with coordinating speakers and things and i think just gradually over over the years i kind of started to get more involved with the research um, and I, I loved it. I loved that part of the role. And then I think from about 2018, that's when the lineup basically became my own. It, it's been my baby since then. Um, mm. And yeah, very, yeah. very proud of it. <laughs> yeah, and so you should be, I mean, it's quite a lineup. Um, and I guess this is this is the thing, you know, I've, I've spoken to a lot of um, speaking coaches and, you know, people who help people to develop their talks and to develop their mm -hmm. skills for doing, you know, exactly, I suppose, the sort of thing that you are selecting people to do. So this is why I was really interested in talking to you, because I, I think, you know, that you probably hold pieces of the puzzle that, mm -hmm. you know, we haven't necessarily seen too often before. Um, so it was really around that that I, I wanted to ask you some some things. And I guess, you know, to start with, you're 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 looking for very specific kinds of speakers who are appropriate for the coaching and development industry, right? Yeah. But there are probably some things that are generic to speakers that, you know, you will either go, oh, you know what, that sounds like somebody who is going to be able to deliver or that sounds mm. like a red flag. 
Are there, is there a sort of a summary of that that you could give us or a few pointers for people that you could talk about um, how to not make themselves a big red flag, basically? Yeah, so for me, it's it's about presence. And um, if, you know, well, first of all, you need presence online to be found in the first place. But if somebody, you know, comes to me and says, hey, I want to, you know, I want to talk about this or can I join the lineup? You know, obviously I always look into their work and if they don't have a solid presence online, that's that's a red flag because it means that they're not doing mm. the work to put themselves out there. And also it questions the, you know, the quality and the validity of what they want to talk about. If, if, they're, if they aren't kind of confident and creating the content and getting feedback from people, then that questions whether we would want to put them on our stage. So, you know, that's definitely something that I look for. And what I mean by presence is, are they speaking at other events? Um, do they have a TED talk? Do they have a book? Are they posting on LinkedIn? Do they have many followers? And, you know, those kind of things aren't essential and you absolutely don't need all of them, but there needs to be something that I can take mm. to think, okay, yes, they have got the experience and you know the the drive and the motivation to be talking about what they want to talk about at our event if that makes sense mm. yes it does i mean because uh you know the 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 reputation of wbex of the mm -hmm. summit is you know such a high standard of speakers and um such good quality content so um I, yeah i guess that's really important you know where is it that you're looking how are you finding people yeah. um and yeah, um, so many people would love to have a TED talk, but it, it, that seems like something that's almost, you know, an end game yeah. rather than uh, a step that they'd already have taken. Um, so what other things that, uh, I mean, if somebody's not um, necessarily at that stage where mm -hmm. they've already written a book or something, are there other things that are appropriate um, indicators that they that, that you would be able to find easily or look for? Yes. Well, the main thing is that they're positioning themselves as a speaker. So, you know, with or without the book or the TED talk or anything like that, um, I need to know that they speak, you know, that they aren't just somebody who um, coaches or who leads. I need to know that they have presence on stage and they have a really strong message to share. So um, the first thing I always look for, um, well, first of all, the website is a really key feature because when you're researching hundreds if not thousands of people you know your attention needs to be grabbed and the website needs to be bold clear attractive i need to be able to know you know what your unique selling point is very quickly um and i also need to know that you are a speaker um or you want to become a speaker and you do that by having a speaking speaking section on your website so you know in the toolbar at the top um, you know, you have about um, coaching and then media and then speaking. OK, so having that speaking section, as soon as I see that, it's like, oh, OK, cool. They're a, you know, a serious speaker um, on that speaking section. You know, tell me what you want to talk about. Tell me um, the speaking. You know, like if you have like five speaking topics that that you like to cover, then that's really helpful. That gives me a really clear indication of what you are gonna bring or what you want to bring to the event. Um, 
pictures. Mm -hmm. So if you have pictures of you speaking to a room, that's really helpful. It doesn't need to be a huge room either. You know, it could be a small class. You could be giving a lecture or something like that or, or, or some kind of delivering training. Get people to take pictures of you when mm -hmm. you're doing that and, and use them on your website. Um, and also links to videos as well. So if you, you know, it could even be just... Um, webinars like if you've delivered a webinar or or mm. taken part in a you know similar to what we're doing now where there's video content and you're being um interviewed then put links to those kind of videos on that page as well because that just creates a picture of you being a speaker wanting to be a speaker and it allows me to see your presence and, and presentation style at, at the same time so mm. that's definitely the you know the the key tip that I, that I would give to anybody who wanted to become a speaker um definitely you know absolutely make it very clear that that's what you want to become okay so let's flip this a little bit then what do people who do your your job people who are organizing speakers what do you hate what do you not want to see from people um whether they're uh, you know trying to pitch you directly or whether they are um you know just otherwise kind of out there in, in the world? What, what is a big no-no for you? So a really ancient website. And I know that might, I don't know, that might not sound, you know, uh, very inclusive or whatever, but sometimes I see websites that are, you know, from the 1980s, like, like literally, like they are so, so old. And, or at least it mm. feels like, they, <laughs> I'm not sure if they were actually created in the 1980s, but it feels like they were, they're so old. Buttons don't work. The design is so ancient, and straight away that's a, a huge turn off. Um, so, yeah, an old website. Um, also, to be able to to not be able to understand what somebody specifically wants to talk about, like quickly, or what they are known for, mm -hmm. that's a big turn off as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, they. Mm -hmm. I'm a leadership coach. Okay, great, but what you know, what specifically? can you bring to our event that nobody nobody else can bring so I'm always looking for mm. originality um and people who are here to offer a really you know a really good solution to a to a common problem almost but in but in quite a unique way mm. so anything that's kind of broad and general um and yeah, that just kind of blends in with the crowd a little bit. That's that's also yeah. a, a turn off, I'll say. Um, okay, those are the main things. Yeah. So, so say they've they've got through all of these hurdles. They've they've caught your eye somewhere on online, whether it's on a um, their website or LinkedIn or whatever it is, and you've you've asked someone to deliver. Um, to deliver a talk mm -hmm. what is it that you want to see from them then how is it that you want them to I guess show up so that you're both getting um, value from this opportunity and they can then uh, go on and deliver yeah. more talks somewhere else um, rather than you know you know just it go terribly badly wrong and be a bad experience for everyone Yes, yeah, so there's a there's a few key things that I you know always share as best best practices for for speakers when you know when they confirm their participation, um, and the main one is being prepared. So that is you know really taking the time to read the emails that I'm sending, to read the presenter guide that we've created. 
get to know the audience ask as many questions as possible so Mm. that you are crystal clear about what you need to do the audience you're speaking to and ask what makes a good session as well so every every audience is completely different and what our audience love is very practical tangible takeaways um where you know the coaches will attend something and then they've literally got a tool in their back pocket that they can use with the client immediately and that might not be what another audience of another event likes so I definitely think it's great you know for speakers to ask the event organizers what is it specifically that your audience Mm love and need and are looking for what do your highest rated sessions look like can i see some recordings of those so that they can then kind of model um or or just get some inspiration of how really successful speakers and and sessions have gone in the past Mm -hmm. the other thing is um making sure that you present exactly what you have offered up as as what you want to present so you know, we ask for a session title, session description and key learning takeaways. And sometimes I think because um, we schedule speakers so far in advance, sometimes they might forget, you know, what they've what they've specifically put on on that description um, or they've kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent and, and whatever they deliver is occasionally not exactly, you know, what we've said it's going to be. And that's mm-hmm. a big no, no. Um, you know, the coaches have carved out that time specifically in their calendar to show up for that specific session and if it's not exactly that then it's all always you know highlighted to us and so that's massive you know get really clear on exactly what you're presenting and make sure that it's an exact match of of what what you've said it's going to be yeah another thing is you know and timing so just practicing the session and making sure making sure you're very clear on the timing that you're allocated in terms of you know the length of the session how long is the intro how long is the outro how long is the q a um and all of the any anything else you know that's going to affect the timing and practice the Mm. timing because again if a speaker runs out of time and we don't we're not able to go into a q a then that really impacts the effectiveness of the session because people want to have their questions asked, um, answered. Sorry, so yeah, yeah, those are those are definitely some things. And there are speakers that you know um, I've seen coming back time and time again at WBAX. There are clearly speakers that you know are providing mm-hmm. amazing value for your audience, but are also really really good to work with. Um, so, it, are there are there some that um, that are on if have you got a bucket list of speakers that you want to work with um <laughs> who who are who, who would be the dream team if you if you had to choose your um i don't know fantasy fantasy speaker list oh well again i mean my fantasy speaker list is based on our coaches fantasy speaker list um so brene brown is absolutely yeah. number one on there um unfortunately she's very difficult <laughs> to nail down for events i have tried many times and I will keep trying um, <laughs> but yeah that's definitely a tricky one um Amy Edmondson so she did make an appearance last year she co-presented with Hal Gregerson and it was fantastic to work with her but I would love to get Amy to do you know a full session her work on psychological safety has been so profound within the coaching industry and leadership development and um mm-hmm. 
coaches, you know, always reference her work, speakers always reference her work. And she, yeah, I would, I would love to, to have Amy kind of front and center of our event, but, you know, we've had some really incredible speakers. Um, Susan David last year was phenomenal. We've had Martin Seligman, Adam Grant, Simon Sinek. Um, so we're doing pretty well in terms of those kind of big players. Um, but obviously, yeah, there's, there's always that ambition to, to get, to get more and Brené Brown's definitely top of that list. <laughs> <laughs> well if she's listening yeah. <laughs> then, then. give me a call Brené. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's is there anything that we should be looking out for um sort of that you know about already and we don't are there any top tips for what to look out for next uh do you mean in the event or yes anything coming up um at wbexandcoaching.com that uh those of us in that sector should really, <laughs> or even, I mean, do you know what? I, I sometimes think that it's it's really limiting to just say that these are for coaches because so many of yeah. them are not just for coaches. They're just brilliant talks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you said that. Yeah. And I certainly, you know, learn so much from them as well, DJ, especially in, and I'm not a coach and yeah, they're, they're so valuable. Um, so, you know, coaching.com we are we're, we're very busy we have obviously lots coming up and we we run two or three programs every year in addition to our annual summit so uh the the upcoming summit is gonna begin in june we have our it's what we call a pre-summit and it's it's a completely free event so that's june 2023 and then our kind of full summit um is a year-long event that runs from July 2023 through to the following June 2024. Um, and I'm very busy now creating that lineup. So we'll we'll be mm. literally announcing that full 12-month schedule in June. Um, so yeah, stick around and and see who we've got coming up because it's it's gonna be a good one. Oh, it always is, isn't it? Um <laughs> but I guess just on, on that that thing of you know that really these talks are are so incredibly full of insight and mm -hmm. wisdom and so I mean technical stuff there's just such an amazing array there um is is there something or is there a talk that you've heard or something that one of your speakers has said to you that has made a, a mark on you that has helped helped you see things a different way um I think Hal Gregerson is a really special human being and he's had a, a really big impact on me personally I'd say I just he has this presence um that is so calming and relaxing and yet you know you're in the presence of such a brilliant mind and and human being and mm -hmm. he um yeah he really stands out as someone I'm so pleased to know and and kind of have have a connection with um and his mm. session, so he's he speaks specifically on, um, he has this tool called the question burst tool. And it's basically, you know, obviously it's great for coaches to use, but it's also fantastic for leaders and anyone to use to basically try and spark creativity in, in different areas. Um, and it's definitely something that I've used in, in my own personal life. So I think, yeah, if I if I was going to kind of pick one person who had made a bit of a difference, it would definitely be Hal. And, you know, we're mm -hmm. just so grateful for his generous participation and just for being such a 
wonderful human being to to work with every year. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and you know, I was going to ask you. Uh, this was kind of a silly little question to wrap up, but in a way, you've kind of told us. But at the other side of it, you you haven't because. And it, anyway, I'll ask the question first, and then okay. you can see if there's a different answer. Um, so earlier, you you told us the the path you were on before you hit this um, this uh, career change mm-hmm. and career, um, I guess opportunity but if you weren't doing this job now what do you think you would do oh good question um I would love to be doing something similar but maybe it's for a a different audience so I would love to Mm. what I've learned from this role is that I love well I I think I knew this anyway but I, I love working with people I love building relationships and what I've recently came to discover in the last couple of years is I love hosting webinars. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, something that gives me such a buzz every time I do it. And um, so yeah. after, you know, after experiencing this role for so long, it would definitely be something that kind of mm-hmm. accumulated those those things of working with really cool people, building connections and you know, definitely something in the online space. I'm a big advocate of remote working. I, I could never kind of go back into an office, but um, yeah, some something similar to this, Deidre, but maybe it's for, you know, a different audience or, or in a different industry or field. Mm-hmm. Okay, last question, I promise. Being around all of these coaches, I mean, like really amazing level people who are, you know, helping mm-hmm. their clients change their lives, do the things they want to do and so on. What is it that um, that you've absorbed from that? Are, are there any things that have changed about you being in the presence of all of this kind of coaching vibe, I guess? Yeah, for sure. I mean, coaches are wonderful, wonderful people. They're wonderful people to work with and to serve. Um, we, we're always really overwhelmed by the gratitude that, that we receive and the the patients you know when we were just starting out uh you know as as wbex all those years ago of course there were kind of teething problems and as any you know newer kind of organization there would be and the the coaches were always so patient and so understanding and just so genuinely um yeah just genuinely happy with what we were creating that those kind of things didn't didn't matter too much um and so that that's always kind of stuck with me I, I want to say of, of having that grace especially with you know organizations who I might be a customer for or something like that you know just having that grace and that patience um to you know to respect that mistakes do happen and there are always periods of you know when slip-ups might be made and things like that but to always just be patient and and kind and then that's definitely something that we've we've seen shine through our in our coaching audience and has definitely yeah had an impact on my life because of that that is that's beautiful thank you so much for sharing that beth i really really love that um and thank you so much for giving us your time and your insights today um i have no doubt that there are many people out there who have been trying to work out what mm. they need to do um, to, to progress their speaking. And I am sure that this will be like a little treasure trove for them. So thank you. 
Amazing, amazing. Yes, happy to help. So thank you so much for having me, Deidre. Hey, thanks for listening. You know, I would love to know what you've taken from this episode. It's always really interesting to hear your insights and what action they help you to take. Making progress involves making change from how we do things to how we view things. You know, we're, we're constantly revising and tweaking our approach to optimize our results. As, as a specialist in applied neuroscience methods, I have consistently seen that the more we understand the science behind how our brain works, the more control and finesse we have in our actions, our reactions, and our interactions. And of course, that works for us as individuals and as teams, and it benefits ourselves and everyone around us, whether we're at work or at home. Now, if you'd like to discover the power of applied neuroscience for yourself, then follow me on LinkedIn or visit the website at neurocreative.studio to explore the possibilities. And don't forget, hit subscribe so that you'll always know when we've got a new and interesting interview available for you to listen to.